the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. With us now is the foremost expert on China. Uh, He's terrific. He is the author of The Great U.S.-China Tech War, and it is Gordon Chang. And Gordon, are you with us now? I am, Charlie, and thank you so much. You bet. You, you do a wonderful job and talk about our enemy, China, and you have been in, on the cutting edge of this for quite some time. So let's talk about uh, w- this breaking news here. China war games with the United States targets in secret desert site. What is going on with the Chinese Communist Party militarily right now? It seems like they're ramping up, and I'm not really sure what we're doing domestically militarily. That's a separate issue. So give us the insight. Give us the breaking news of what's happening from the Chinese Communist Party militarily. The breaking news is that uh, satellite imagery has seen an aircraft carrier and a destroyer, a replica, in China's Xinjiang in the northwest part of the country, used for target practice. This has occurred before where China has built replicas of U.S. Navy ships. And so to a certain extent, this is Groundhog Day, but the American people are starting to pay attention, and that is what is the news. And the broader context, Charlie, is that China's involved in, in the perhaps the world's fastest military buildup, certainly the fastest since the Third Reich. And we know from history that when militant regimes build up their militaries like this, they always use them in acts of aggression. That, that's, exa- that, that's definitely true. Do you anticipate China making a move towards Taiwan in the coming months? It sure seems that that's what some of the rumblings and intelligence is showing. It could be coming months. It could be after the Olympics, which start in February of next year. Or it could be India, could be Japan, could be any other country that borders China, because we know that China believes that it should be much larger than it is today. And in fact, Chinese leader Xi Jinping has been hinting that he should be ruling the world. Chinese officials since 2018 have been saying that the moon and Mars should be considered sovereign Chinese territory. This is the most ambitious regime in history. That, it sure seems that way. So, But what, what is the United States doing to stop them? It seems very little. We have Mark Milley that gives heads up to the Chinese Communist Party military in case there might be some sort of military strike. It seems that we have an appeasement strategy with China. And meanwhile, they're conducting combat readiness patrols in the Taiwan Straits. Um, and I, I agree with you on the Olympics. People forget that Putin... After the Sochi Olympics, I think back in uh, where when was that? That was like 2014. I yeah, think he did something, something like that in Crimea right afterwards. If I remember correctly, there was a correlation with that. He wanted that to pass. And then he if I'm not mistaken, is that right? You are absolutely correct about that. Um, Russia seized Crimea in 2014. Yeah. And then immediately after that started to pressure the Donbass, which is eastern Ukraine. So they were redrawing the map of Europe by force after the Olympics. China could very well do the same thing. Right now, uh, Beijing is just 
unbelievably aggressive. And we also know that inside there have been internal problems, not only at the top of the Communist Party, but there are all sorts of crises. So the country is on the boil. And this means that something is probably going to happen. And we, I, I think in Washington, as you point out, we don't have an appreciation of that. So our, I think we could be very well taken by surprise because we've got a military leadership and we've got a political leadership that fundamentally misunderstands China. So, so if you, what is the proper way to understand them? They have internationalist ambitions. You said it's the most ambitious regime we've seen. Belt and Road Initiative, Confucius Institutes, hacking of the cyber grid, building of islands in the South China Sea, not to mention the manufacturing of the virus, allegedly, that came from a laboratory, which I think is the greatest open joke. We, we almost know certainly it came from a laboratory. Whether it was deployed intentionally or not, we don't know. What is the proper way to view this regime? Because we hear from some people in the business elite and kind of the metropolitan crew here in America, there are friends, there are allies, we need to endlessly trade with them. What is the proper position towards China? We should consider them an enemy. Um, they're more than just an adversary, certainly more than a competitor that Biden talks about. And we should remember that they will employ the most malicious, murderous uh, tactics available. You know, you mentioned coronavirus. Well, one thing we do know, Charlie, and that is that China took steps in the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020 to deliberately spread this disease beyond China's borders. Yes. They lied about contagiousness. They forced countries to take arrivals from China while they were locking down their own country. Um, you put those two things together. This means that those 5,034,000 deaths outside of China, that's murder. Well, I mean, I, I completely agree. So can you talk a little bit that how China has taken a different approach than the Soviet Union? The Soviet Union was largely walled off economically. They still had some obvious internationalist goals and ambitions, whether it be in Rhodesia or in Cuba or Afghanistan. But China's seemed to have learned from the Soviet Union where they want to actually infiltrate the actual DNA of the American economy from Wall Street elites to Hollywood to athletics, which makes it really hard for us to actually be able to build a domestic coalition against them. Can you talk a little bit about that? You know, you're absolutely right. China has tried to subvert every institution. And we're not talking just about governments. We're talking about businesses, uh, universities, NGOs, all sorts of institutions. Yes. Uh, and, and Beijing has devoted enormous amounts of money and resources to this. Remember that the first time that they contacted Eric Swalwell was not when he was sitting on the House Intelligence Committee, where, of course, he'd be of value to Beijing. They first contacted him when he was on the city council of Dublin City, California. So that means that there must be hundreds, thousands of contacts that China's been making at a very low level on the hope that the individuals that they're courting will someday be powerful. And then, of course, in the case of Swalwell, they were very successful because he became successful. And that means that our society from top to bottom has been penetrated. Well, and Swalwell was never held to justice for what he did, allegedly sleeping with Fang Fang. I think that's pretty well, that's, we, that's as well known as the laboratory virus leak. So now, Gordon, in the five minutes we have remaining, I want to shift, shift to more of an optimistic part of the story. Optimistic might be a little too ambitious, but you, I'm old enough to remember you wrote a book that said the coming collapse of China. Can you talk a little bit about that? Where, where is this regime vulnerable? 
Because every regime has weak spots. Where are they the weakest? Where are they the most paranoid? Right now, the weakest is their debt crisis. Um, They uh, got through the 2008 downturn with this massive spending spree. Well, they're now starting to have to pay for it. And we see this with the crisis regarding Evergrande, the property Mm -hmm. developer, which by itself owes $305 billion, staggering amount. We have seen defaults and missed bond payments. This is, I think, their number one weakness. But they got a lot of others. For instance, they've got accelerated COVID-19 outbreaks. They can't control that. They've got worsening food shortages, an environment that is at the point of exhaustion. The list goes on. And the reason why this is all these things are important and relevant to us is that I believe that Chinese leaders are seeing a closing window of opportunity, that if they don't move now, they will not be able to in the future because they won't be strong enough. Remember, they are at the edge of the steepest demographic decline in history in the absence of war or disease. They will lose about half their population in 45 years, according to Chinese demographers. They will lose two-thirds of their population by the end of this century. They've got to move quickly. And that means we're not prepared right now because we're not thinking about China in the proper terms. So your your argument is that this is more of an immediate threat than a long term threat, which kind of bucks the consensus among some of the smart people that say, oh, yeah, China's going to be for your grandchildren to deal about in 60 years. You're saying, no, it's the opposite because of one child policy and because of population control that was employed in the 60s and 70s. You're talking a generational demographic cliff that makes the baby boomers in America look like child's play, right? Is that is that correct? Right. I believe that the risk is now, and we need to get through this risk in the next few years. We got a Pentagon, for instance, Charlie, and this is an important point you raise. They are seeing the, the maximum China threat starting in about 2027, going through about 2035. And so, therefore, they want to take planes, the older planes, and take them out of the inventory so they can pay for modernization for the next generation of weapons. I think that's wrong. They're going to need every A-10, every KC-10, every old plane that they have. And that's true for the Navy as well. They're not planning for, I think, the period of maximum vulnerability right now. And, and that means it's we can be taken by surprise and they can beat us. We're a much stronger nation, but we're not defending ourselves. We're not looking at the Chinese regime in the right way. Well, and then we gave up Afghanistan completely, $85 billion of weaponry to the Taliban that largely, uh, that probably just kind of got handed over to the Chinese Communist Party. So what action steps must we take to decouple ourselves from China? Um, Because I'm sure a lot of Americans don't have an appetite for war, but I think the absence of conflict could actually draw us into war. Yeah. One of the things I think we need to do is cut uh, investment into China. We need to stop technical cooperation agreements. I mean, we taught Chinese researchers how to manipulate coronaviruses to make them more dangerous to humanity. And we're still cooperating with the biotech labs in China that are linked to the military. We need to end all of that. We have to stop China from buying our tech companies. I think we need to stop buying a lot of stuff from China. I'd like to see a complete cutoff of trade because we should not be um, giving them, you know, we should cut off the blood supply to those who mean us harm. Well, I mean, that's... That's the least that we should do. And the, the, the tension point, Gordon, where I think we have to focus our attention is the rich people in America, they, are, they've, they've become infinitely wealthy off of these public-private partnerships designed by McKinsey, 
whether it be in Hollywood or the National Basketball Association, Goldman Sachs, Walmart, you're talking the biggest companies in America, um, and most of the tech companies as well. Facebook is the only one that has really kind of not played on the Chinese turf as of yet because they're just not welcome there, that the, you have the wealthiest people in America that they really they want to keep on getting endlessly powerful and rich off that. I think that has to be one of our, our focal points, and it has to be grassroots, has to be bottom-up. Absolutely. We've got a political class, a business elite that are basically supporting the communist China yes. over the American democracy. So this is what I think you said. Thumbs up. I love it. Well, Gordon, thank you. We have to have you back soon. And you are the author of The Great U.S.-China Tech War. Everyone, go buy a copy. Hope to see you soon. Thanks so much, Gordon. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Carol Platt-Lebow for townhall.com. Sometimes there are policies so destructive that at first you don't believe they're true. Joe Biden is currently defending one, his plan to award $450,000 to migrants separated from their families after entering the U.S. illegally. Children of deceased U.S. soldiers are separated from their parents permanently. They don't receive this kind of money. And migrants who enter the U.S. legally certainly don't get this kind of payout. The really big jackpot, it seems, is being reserved for the lawbreakers. There are some obvious truths here. First, behavior that's subsidized gets repeated. Joe Biden is effectively inviting many more illegal immigrants to breach America's open borders. Second, he's betting over time the payoffs will benefit his party in political terms. Meanwhile, the vast majority of Americans watch in shock and dismay as our president— the country's chief law enforcement officer, brazenly rewards law-breaking, a clear violation of his oath to defend our nation's laws. It's a sorry sight indeed. I'm Carol Platt-Lebow. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program for leaders. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.